770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, the talk giant of North Alabama. And this is the show for the afternoons in North Alabama, a right-side radio. We like to say we are solid conservative and just plain right. I'm your host, Phil Williams. Proud to be with you. I'm a former state senator, uh, army colonel, a lawyer. I uh, was in ministry full-time for a period, and, and all said and done, all of these different aspects of my resume, to include the fact that I was also in the state senate, just kind of swirl together and give me a worldview that I hope is bringing something to your afternoons. Uh, I'm glad to be with you. And, and listen, I, before we go any further, though, i got to tell you real quick about Otter Creek Farm. You hear me talk about them a lot. There's a reason for that, because there's a lot to tell. I cannot begin to describe to you what a cool place Otter Creek Farm is. If you're looking for a wedding venue, now listen, this is a wing shooting destination. It's an overnight stay. It's a it's a dining experience like you've never ex- believed. But it's hundreds of manicured acres and got a beautiful wedding pavilion. Mm, it is something to see. I've been to weddings out there. It is beautiful. And Otter Creek Farmstead Distillery is one of the leading wedding special event venues in the Southeast. They they I think they're recently in Alabama Wedding Magazine, and they were in Garden and Gun Magazine, and Donald Trump Jr. stayed there. Go to OtterCreekFarmstead.com and check them out. Well, listen, I'm going to bring somebody on the show. Uh, glad to have him. Uh, he's certainly a friend of the show, and he has certainly been an effective Secretary of State. Secretary of State John Merrill uh, is the 53rd Secretary of State for the state of Alabama. Uh, he is a uh, member of the Republican Party. He served in the Alabama House of Representatives for House District 62 out of Tuscaloosa, uh, and he's uh, been the Secretary of State now, I believe, since 2014. Uh, Secretary Merrill, thanks for being on the show today. Senator, thank you for having me as your guest. It's delightful to be with you. Well, I, I appreciate that very much. So you came to mind when I'm watching the news because uh, there's things that we do and do well in elections in Alabama, and ain't nobody died, and yet the Texas Democrats have fleed the state on a charter bus and then a charter plane to go to D.C. and avoid having a vote on things that we already do here in Alabama. What, what are your thoughts first on the Texas Democrats? Senator, I will tell you, this one of the most disappointing things that I've seen from an elected official or a group of elected officials in a long time. And, of course, I, I think it's important to recognize why this is taking place. Uh, I know you just referred to it, the 58 members of the Democratic Party in Texas who are serving in the legislature in the House of Representatives left for the District of Columbia in an effort to break a quorum so they didn't have to vote on some bills that were presented by Governor Abbott. Now, full disclosure, uh, I love Governor Greg Abbott. He's pro- he's tied for second as my favorite governor in the United States. My favorite governor is Kay Ivey, who's the governor of Alabama. But he's tied for my second favorite governor. He presented House Bill 3 and Senate Bill 1 that would ban uh, drive-through voting, 24-hour voting options, and implementing voting-by-mail restrictions which are so very important to the integrity and credibility of the process. Uh, This legislation would ban that 24-hour voting, drive-through voting, and require a driver's license or Social Security number in order to vote. We don't think that's asking too much because we believe that that adds transparency, accountability, and integrity to the process. Well, it does. It absolutely does. And, and, and Secretary Merrill, I want to, in, in a minute, I want to unpack the way we do it in Alabama and even some things that were, you know, put into place uh, when I was in the legislature, and I believe you were still in the legislature at the time, to tighten that up. And even some more things that were done just this year. But one of the things that strikes me, and here you are, you're, you're an elected official. You've also been a state legislator. I've been a state legislator. And, and can you imagine any job, 
where you're allowed to just skip out, like where you where where the things that you were elected to do, or for that matter, any job, you're able to say, I don't feel like doing that today. I'm out of here. It doesn't work that way. Well, there's a definition for that, Senator, and it's called abandonment. And whenever that go. happens, the individual who chooses to pursue that option should be removed from the position. And since that's not an option in the case of an elected official, what state law does in Texas is it allows for a representative to do what Representative Will Metcalf did and issue a call of the House. And that call of the House was passed by a 76-4 margin. He then uh, issued the sergeant-at-arms to send for all absentees under warrant of arrest if necessary. And saying that they were going to do that when that passed 76 to 4, uh, the four who voted against it were Democrats who decided to stay. But all 150 House members do not have to be present to issue that call of the House. Now, what that's going to result in is those individuals being arrested as soon as they return and being confined to the chambers of the legislature there in Austin until they get their work done like Governor Abbott said they were going to. Well, that's outstanding, you know, and, and, and then, so that, that answered a question. I was literally thinking about having to do some legal research to figure out how it was that the governor was going to have them arrested, but now I understand because what you're saying is this is part of the rules of the House, and it was an issuance of the leadership of the House to get them uh, back in the, the, the chamber, which is... Yes, sir. It's, it's, Senator, it's not a criminal arrest. What it does, though, uh, the members not present can be arrested and confined chambers, because that's where they're needed to be, and that's what it's all about. Oh, okay, there you go. That explains it, and that I'm sure that helped our listeners. Now, listen, uh, Mr. Secretary, so we've got laws in Alabama. We have a voter ID, am I correct? Yes, sir, absolutely. You and I helped pass that. Yes, we did. And, and, and by God, we passed it, and, and then you became Secretary of State. And my recollection was you immediately implemented a pretty prolific uh, uh, and, and, and workable opportunity for anyone who needed a photo ID to, to, to get one. I mean, you were even setting up like going out to county fairs and setting up booths to get people photo. And we had, we had photo IDs in people's hands that had never had one before, and they didn't even really have to work hard to get it. Am I right? Senator, we have done that. And one of the things that we're committed to doing, and I know this is important to you as it is many of your listeners, but we made a commitment when I became the Secretary of State that we were going to ensure that each and every eligible U.S. citizen that's a resident of Alabama would have the opportunity to become a registered voter and obtain a photo ID. And since January the 19th, 2015, as of today, we've registered 1,873,855 new voters in our state. We now have 3,594,637 registered voters. That's 96% amazing. of all eligible African Americans are registered to vote. 91% of all eligible white Alabamians are registered to vote. And 94% of all eligible Alabamians are registered to vote. With that being said, I also think it's important to note that we have removed more than 1.3 million people from the rolls during that same period of time. And we've removed those people by following established state and federal laws that those people are removed. They move away when they pass away or when they've been put away. And that's important to note. But we do take our mobile ID unit to all 67 counties at least one time a year. 
The offices of the registrars are open each and every day, that the courthouses are open in every county in the state. And if you can't go to a festival, an event, or activity, or a location that we establish to distribute those voter IDs, then we will come to your home and we will give you an ID for free. We've done that on more than a dozen occasions since I've been the secretary. We're going to continue that practice. That, that's that's and, and Mr. Secretary, I want to thank you because what you're doing right there is you're proving that one of the chief arguments against some of these voter uh, the, the strengthening of our election laws uh, are, are, is, is some, in some way racist because the statistics you just cited, uh, the demographics uh, are, are amazing. And, and the fact that we are getting those picture IDs in people's hands and, 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 and at no expense to them, by the way, they're not paying for that. That's right, correct? Senator. And look, as you know, everything that we've done since I've been the secretary and what you and I did as members of the legislature was to work hard to make it easier to vote and harder to cheat in Alabama. I also think it's important to note that President Biden and Vice President Harris are entitled to their own opinion about how this impacts electing participation. They're entitled to their own opinion, but they're not entitled to their own facts. And Alabama, once again, is the poster child for breaking every record in the history of our state, not only for voter registration, but for voter participation as well. In the last seven elections, we've broken every record every time for the number of people that have come to the polls to participate in those elections. Well, I think the election, too, and, and, and you're right. I, I think we are the poster child for that, and people want to look at us, and they want to, they want to talk about you know, consent judgments and, and, you know, and, and packing the demographic districts and, and all the things they want to try and cry and say are happening that aren't happening. But the facts are the facts. And, and I think one of the other facts, uh, Mr. Secretary, that's so important is that this particular record-setting trend that you talked about happened during a pandemic at a time when other states were screaming and crying and whining, saying they had to make it easier and safer and no one would show up at the polls. If we made them show up at the polls, it would be a, a failed election. Well, leadership makes a difference. And, and, and Alabama said basically, you know what, our polls are open. And if you want to come vote, come on, because we've made it available to you. And they showed up in record numbers during the pandemic. Am I right? Yeah, you did, Senator. And I also think it's important to note that we had a number of sister states that actually sacrificed accountability and transparency in the elections process for accessibility and availability of the ballot. And you can never sacrifice accountability, transparency, for and integrity in the elections process for anything. And we had governors, we had secretaries of state, we had other chief election officials that were either offering edicts or directives or proclamations that were actually violating established state law. And I know how you are about following the rule of the law, but that's a problem that now we're having to pay for, and we have to continue to push back against that, just like we did when we fought two cases that went all the way to the United States Supreme Court where they upheld our position. Well, that's, that's, that's huge. Listen, Mr. Secretary, we're about to take a soft break. Can you hold on during the break? I want to come back to you and talk about some things that just recently happened in the last legislative session. Could you do that? Absolutely, Senator. All right. Well, great. So listen, folks, uh, Right Side Radio, where we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. And we're talking with Secretary of State John Merrill who has uh, made a name for himself, I think nationwide, for helping lead a department that is the chief election office of the state of Alabama. 
And all these things you're hearing being cried about on the news, about voter ID being evil and everything's Jim Crow number two. I got news. We proved it. We proved it. And during a pandemic, more people showed up with voter ID in their hands and voted. And, and so if anybody wants to say it, it's like he said, Mr. Secretary just said a moment ago, they're entitled to their opinion, but they are not entitled to their facts. The facts are what they are. So listen, 770 AM, 92.5 FM. The time right now is 348. We'll take a short break on Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. We are live, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, Right Side Radio on WVNN. I'm your host, Phil Williams. The time right now is 3.53. Hey, listen, I got to tell you guys, um, I keep mentioning Otter Creek Farm. I'm going to mention them again because they got something cool going on. Now, they're a wing shooting destination. You can do quail and mixed bag hunts there, pheasant hunts. But they're also putting together a trip right now that you might want to be a part of. If you've ever wanted to go do one of those away hunts, they're putting together a guided uh, trip to South Dakota for four nights and three days for wild pheasant. And they're also going to have outstanding guides, hospitality staff, an extraordinary culinary experience. It's it's going to be quite the trip. Go to ottercreekfarmstead.com. You may be surprised what you'll find there about all the things you can do at Otter Creek. But ottercreekfarmstead.com, they will square you away. Hey, listen, we're going to bring back Secretary of State John Merrill. I got to say this before we jump into some things that happened like like just this year, uh, is that uh, it's interesting to me that the Texas Democrats may have shot themselves in the foot because one of the things that's also happening in Texas right now is it's a reapportionment year. And what that basically means is uh, every 10 years you have the census, and then once the census data is in, they have to redraw the district lines Every legislator cares about where their district lines are, and they don't want to have their political enemies drawn into their districts, or they don't want to have themselves drawn out of their district. Well, guess what? They've got to come back because it's a redistricting year, and if they fail to appear, guess what happens? It goes to a legislative redistricting board, which is required by state law to take over, and that board is entirely controlled by Republicans. So, yeah, they're going to want to be back in the state house at some point doing their actual jobs because it'll be a matter of self-preservation at that point. Listen, Secretary of State John Merrill's with us. He did a great job unpacking some things that Alabama's good at with, with, with elections and that Texas Democrats need to wake up to. Mr. Secretary, you also, though, had a number of things passed in the legislature just this past year uh, or this past session that uh, are designed to strengthen our laws even further. Well, you're kind to mention that, Senator, and I appreciate it. I think most notably among those is the ban on curbside voting that we were able to pass because of Representative Matt Simpson, who took care of that bill for Representative Wes Allen uh, when Allen was absent from the legislature and got it through the House, and then Senator Dan Roberts, who is a a good friend of yours from Jefferson County, actually passed it for us on the last day to make sure that it cleared both chambers. The governor signed it, so we will not have curbside voting, which has never been permissible according to state law, but now it's been codified. That's very important. Another thing that we did was strengthen the absentee process by ensuring that absentee ballot applications have to be back a week before the election instead of the normal five days that they have been before. 
and also making sure that absentee ballots can be opened on election day starting at 7 a.m. when other votes can be canvassed as well. And the last thing is to make sure that all of those ballots are counted no later than uh, election day, which is 7 p.m. And we believe that that's very important. We don't believe in extending the deadline for ballots to be counted. Many people find that uh, to be a concern because they think that when those results have been published, other people will try to say, well, we're sure there's some votes around here if we can just find them for this particular candidate, and this will prevent that from occurring. Yeah, it will, and, and those, are, those are all good. And uh, a couple others that I, that I happen to take note of, uh, you had uh, House Bill 167 that passed, uh, I think it was, uh, in this case, Representative Blackshear and Senator Schofield, and that literally, and it sounds common sense, Mr. Secretary, but we had to pass a law to make it illegal to cast your ballot twice in one state and in Alabama. Um, and, and I know, that, very disappointing that we had to do that, but one of the things that we saw uh, on a couple of different occasions since I've been the secretary is people who live in another state but have another residence in our state, like at Orange Beach or Gulf Shores, who would come back and vote in a referendum or come back and vote in a municipal contest when they were voting in their state for their legislative races, for their federal races, or for their gubernatorial races. And so this will prevent that from occurring. You can only be a registered voter in one state and exercise your vote to uh, your your right to vote in one state at a time. Well, and that you know what's what's interesting is everything we just cited there, all of it is like common sense that had to be codified because common sense does not always prevail when people have a need to have the votes go in their direction. And we saw that in some of the states in this past uh, general election uh, last year. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Secretary, uh, we're, we're about down to the wire here. We're at the top of the hour. I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, I want to ask that you uh, uh, come back and, and join us again on other occasions. Uh, there's going to be plenty to talk about. You do a whole lot more than just uh, things related to election laws. But uh, thank you for the job well, you do, and thank you for being on Right Side Radio. You know we're always available, so thank you for thinking of us, and we'll look forward to visiting again soon. Yes, sir. You have a great day. Hey, listen, folks, that was uh, Secretary of State John Merrill. And um, it, it's hard to imagine what our election laws would have been like had we been trying to have the fight now. But several years back, under his leadership and then also under the Republican majority that I was a part of in the state Senate and the state House, we made sure that we tightened up our laws so that when all the embarrassment took place in certain states around the nation last November, Alabama was not counted among those who were embarrassed. I mean, ours was clean, it was record turnout, and it worked. All right, top of the hour. News Talk 770 AM at 92.5 FM, Right Side Radio on WVNN. Phil Williams, I'm your host. We'll be back after this.